0: Nine times. That's right. Nine times. Now, in fairness, only eight against the goaltender. One was an empty netter. But I don't know that we're going to nitpick. It's uh, It was a big night at the Dome last night. Fans won yeah. at 10. That's two in a Fans, row. Yeah, the Flames have let them down. Really Stalled let him down. out at nine, their last two against the others. Uh, Mike Commodore here with us in studio. It's hour two of the program. Michael, I've been, I've been, I've been, like, before COVID, I think, is the last time I saw you. You were in here, and then you left, and then you were in Canadian Tire. And, Last
1: time I and saw and ha- you was right when COVID hit. Yeah, you went I to Penticton sitting, and were roaming the aisles. That's right. Yeah, about three months in Penticton, just playing <laughs> golf, and then the rest of COVID. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's nice to be back. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you too.
0: So we, you that's, an
1: Oiler fan growing up? No. I cheered for the underdog when I was. Port Sask, I yep. thought for sure you'd be. Yeah, everybody else was, as far as I know. Yeah. God bless you, Kami. Yeah, yeah, I knew what was going to happen, so I cheered for the Flames. <laughs> um, no, didn't cheer for the Oilers, just purely because I like to cheer for underdogs, and the Flames. I mean, the Flames were good in the '80s too, but uh, you know the Oilers were winning everything, so I cheered for the Flames. And tell you what, the best part of that highlight pack right there, we got to listen to. Motley Crue, "Kickstart My Heart" well, in its entirety. playing I'll the I'll tell goal, you what, highlights. yeah. I mean, you put the,
0: they they used it on the Sportsnet game intro last night, and uh, it it will never. Being the you know white trash kind of guy that I am, oh. th- even though my hair is short, there it's it is a mullet in spirit. Um, it it went right gym. to my heart, so yes. I figured why not recreate. But uh, so, give me, uh, where are you? Now, you were not at the game. It seemed like you're the, the only alumni that maybe wasn't at the game last night, it seems.
1: I took I took last <laughs> night off. Yeah. I was at that game seven while Rhett and I were out in the parking lot. That's right. And I started and, getting uh, some photos. I was yeah. like, oh, boy, this oh, is escalating. <laughs> good God. We had enough. We had a few neutrals. You were full. Oh, very full. Yeah. So uh, I needed to take off yesterday. So I just watched it from home. I had a craving for a Diet Dr. Pepper last night. I got up to go get the thing, and by the time I got back, the Canes had won OT, and it was 2 nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, this game's over, too. Well, I mean, it wasn't, but I didn't know what was coming. But, yeah, that was uh, definitely an interesting game, that one.
0: Did you? Because I said to Ryan last hour, I kind of had a sense, and I'm not trying to be say that I'm right. It just felt like something's going to happen early. Either McDavid's going to go inside out and score or the, fl- the Flames are going to get a goal. It just felt like the first 90 seconds, something was going to happen. Little did we know it would be a 2-0 lead and then a timeout called by the Oilers. But it was a wild start. And I guess you, you give credit to the Flames. I don't know what happened to the Oilers. Do you, at that point, are you? does the crowd affect you? You've played in front of that sea of red.
1: Yeah, I would say I expected the game to be, like, a little bit choppy at first. You know, there's been a lot of talk, and this hasn't happened in 31 years, and everybody's talking about it, and none of these guys have played in it. Well, I mean, nobody's yeah. played it in 31 years, so I thought it'd be a little choppy. You know, maybe guy's a little bit nervous or, or whatever and gripping their sticks a little too tight, uh, but I did not expect that. I mean, I guess in, on one hand it was, like you guys having said earlier, it was it was – Memorable, but I mean, that game was trash. The coaches would have hated that. Know, of that thing. game was trash. That's not On both soccer. sides. Yeah. That is not. I mean, I know everybody wants to see goals, but I mean, it was just turnover after turnover after turnover yeah, yeah. after turnover. But, yeah, I mean, Stampeders beat the, what are they called now? The, the Elks. Elks. Yeah, that's what they were saying last 6, night. Kick Come and on. field goals. I know.
0: But well, yeah, there's, there's nothing that you take from this if you're either side. No. Really. The Oilers, they're, they're not reviewing game tape. It was it was such an emotional ride. It felt like that's the bulk of what we saw last night. It wasn't fundamentals. The power plays and penalty kills. Okay, well, now we can kind of get into some structure. But there was no structure five on five.
1: There was none. Out the window. Out the window. It was just, like I said, just turnovers. Yeah, I would think if you're both club, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, Getting the win is all that matters, and who cares what the score is? But, uh, yeah, I don't even know if you review that, especially if you're the oiler. Well, yeah. actually, both, both sides. I mean, the, uh, not at this time of year. I, just, I would throw that. I'd try and maybe make a little bit light of it, I think, if I was the coaching staff. Maybe pull a couple guys aside that were yeah. especially terrible. Tell them to pick it up a little bit. But, yeah, that, that game was trash. I didn't think
0: it was going to be full-on speed wobble. The entire way. You expect it at the start, then you get a timeout, you get a goalie change, and then usually it's going to settle in. It just never really felt like it did. I guess maybe the Flames take their foot off the gas, whatever. Yes. Oh, my God, uh, what, they
2: sleptwalked after getting up four.
0: But I'm just thinking it because it was not... You, I guess you give credit to the Oilers for coming back, but I just think the, the Flames turned took their foot off, the goalie didn't make saves, and then it became a tight hockey game. But I don't know that it ever really felt like now now we're playing, this is the style, this is how we want to play, at least from the Oilers' side. Flames have to love their start. But it never felt anything close to the Dallas series where it was so structured and so every single shift was methodical and don't make a mistake and don't take a chance because it might... This was chances all over the board.
2: I feel like that was the hockey god saying, we're sorry we, you had to watch seven of those, yeah. and here's this.
0: And honestly, I don't know that it was a ton
2: different in that the L.A. Edmonton series. I know games two and three, Edmonton had, what, like 14 goals? But that, when L.A. played the way they wanted to, was also pretty low event hockey, work your way through a trap, good luck, skilled team. Uh, this was none of that. This, this was, uh, okay, you want to have a laugh and eat some popcorn and not be completely stressed out for four hours? Enjoy this, please.
1: It was just endless, even, I I mean, I I think from from watching it on TV, I mean, I think the Oilers are kind of lucky it wasn't more goals. I mean, it it was grade A opportunity after grade A opportunity. I mean, nobody was covering anybody in the slot. And people were just, like I said, the turnovers were, I mean, they were skating it, both teams at at one point, the Oilers for most of the game. But, I mean, they were just like simple stuff, like, Turning, skating the puck into their teammate's skates in the neutral zone, and it's going back the other way and yeah. turning it over.
2: Man, the Oilers look disjointed defensively, and I, I, look, they scored four in a row. Give them credit; they came back in. Yeah. But when this game was being contested, the Flames were much better. Like out of the gate, and once it got to six-six, they they throttled them, and they didn't have a good performance in their goalie.
0: Yeah, what do you make of what do you make of that from Markstrom? Is that is that jitters from? We don't usually see jitters from him.
1: Yeah. No, you don't at all. I, my mark's are on throwing that game in the trash, too. Uh, yeah. A couple of tough goals. It was like he, they mentioned on the broadcast a little bit, like he, he was kind of making himself small. Like I, Both those Hyman goals, I would say, yeah. were pretty weak. Down uh, early. Yeah. Down early. And I don't know. It must have been three or four goals over or under his glove. Uh, yeah. Not like I said, I guess if I'm him this morning. I don't know if they're skating or whatever, but you, you maybe work on a couple of fundamental things in practice. And but I would be trying to just forget it. Yeah, who cares? You got to win.
0: If you knew going in that this this game is going to be a track meet, there's going to be fourteen, fifteen goals scored. You probably didn't think it was going to go well for the Flames because this is don't get into a track meet with the Oilers. That's the one thing that they would like you to do. If you keep it structured and defensive, you're going to be in in good shape. I, we, we talked about, it. I, I have no, there's, there's no other evidence, but just to assume that Markstrom bounces back. He was part of maybe something bigger last night. The emotion, all of it. Everybody was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit off. I think that we see things, the volume turned down a lot coming up in game two. On the other side, I have less confidence in the Oilers goaltending, obviously. Do you go back to Mike Smith? I would. Yeah.
1: I think I would. I mean, Smitty's going to be steaming, which, I mean, I think he's proved over. I mean, he's managed to stick around this long. I mean, he, 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 you're going to give him anything. you got to give him the fact that he definitely competes, and he cares for sure. So he is going to be steaming today. So I, I would go back with Smitty. I mean, he, he got you there. I, I wouldn't... I mean, cost. Nah, I I, I wouldn't put yeah. much thought into it. I just go right back with Mike Smith and give him another shot. If
2: they have a Villahuso behind him, I think you can start talking about stuff. Sure. But it's it's Koskinen. It's not like oh, phew, we've got the security blanket. It's like nope. This is a guy that you never know what you're going to get, and when he's bad, he's awful too. There there is not a. This is the problem with that platoon. Is Smith's wildly inconsistent. Hot when he's hot. Cold when he's cold. Injured often. Needs large swaths to round into form. And the other guy, you just can't count on on a night to night basis. That that that's why that tandem sucks. Sorry, like Smith played very well for two months, but if you had a competent other guy, he doesn't have two months to round into form. You've got someone else. Well, of course, maybe that's
0: Skinner down the road, but. but I just we're we're not talking about down the road, or if if you had a guy, I'm just talking tomorrow tomorrow night. You have a hockey game, and these are would probably go to
2: Smith, but I think the Flames are thrilled with that. The last two games he's played against them, they've absolutely aerated him.
1: I don't think the Flames would be concerned with either one. Yeah, but if I'm the Oilers, I'm going. I'm going back with Mike Smith. I don't trust. I mean, maybe I don't totally trust either one of them. But like I said, Mike Smith has played well. Mike Smith got you here. Koskinen has had plenty of chances in Edmonton. Yeah, and he's been overall terrible. Should be bought out by
0: now. So I think on on the Flames side, I mean, they get the win. It, this this would not be sitting well if they end up losing that game last night after having a. A huge lead. Oh. But I think that there's a there's a belief that uh, we're still we get back to it, tomorrow'll be a different story. Markstrom's gonna be a little more solid, we'll be better, that whole thing. We'll limit our turnovers. For I wonder for Jay Woodcroft, you've got a slow start, a lack of compete, which he talked about afterwards, your goaltending let you down, turnovers. His thing when he came in was they turned around the defensive side of their game. That's a few big areas that you need to address in a very short amount of time. What's the number one thing if, if you're the coach of the Oilers and you're skating today or having your meeting this morning, where do you start?
1: I think if it was me, you got to start with the turnovers and taking care of the puck and, and not turning it over and, like they did. I, I would say that was the number one thing. Like Pinder touched on there, the, I think the big concern – like if it's a shootout, it's a shootout, and, and that stuff does happen. It doesn't happen very often in the playoffs, but whatever – but like like Pinder said, like when in, the game was the beginning of the game and when they came came back to 6-6, I mean, the Flames dominated at the beginning of the game. And when it was 6-6, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, my God, if the Flames lose yeah, this game, this is going to be a tough one to swallow. And then the Flames dominated them then too. So that's – overall, I would say the Flames dominated the game, but it was just a trash yeah, game.
0: Yeah, because I think for the Oilers, you can – you can't really control your goaltending. No. That's
1: You, you, you put the guy in the guy. net, and yeah. it's up to him.
0: Yeah. You can, I guess, try and limit some shots. I mean, Dallas they did, did such a great job of blocking shots and getting sticks in lanes Give that. Keeping peripheral early in the series, right? Just try and I guess. That's what I didn't see from Edmonton. That's what's concerning. Upon, yeah. is you
2: can control how you play in front of Smith, and nothing about last night was what they would have drawn up. Not mm-hmm. that the Flames are like, hey, let's allow six, but at least when it was 0-0, you came flying out of the gates, you did what you want, you held the puck, it was keep away for a long time in that game. And it, to me, it's only one game. Like, crazy things happen. Go back and look the Eastern Conference Round 1, three of the teams in one game, one lost the series. We're not saying this is over. But last night, coupled with the season series... It feels like the Flames are in the Oilers' head more than the opposite. And I didn't know necessarily that was going to be the case because we've seen a little bit of trepidation with this Flames group in the postseason. When they fell behind in Colorado, the wheels came off. Not this group, not this coach. I get it. Dallas, they had a chance to go up 3-1 with less than two minutes left. Couldn't seal the deal. That was in the bubble. The last Dallas series. Boy, why is this so hard? Everything we were good at all of a sudden is hard to do now. They were comfortable with last night when the Oilers just felt uncomfortable for a lot of the night. Now, yes, they came back. But it feels like the Oilers are
0: more concerned with the Flames than vice versa. And Woodcroft had a near immediate impact on their style of play. We saw the numbers down the stretch, their win-loss record, their goals against per game, their goals against in general. Mike Smith's numbers went up and through the roof. So he played well, but it was also what was being done in front of him. So Players I, were talking
2: about details and structure. I, yeah.
0: yeah, I can't help but wonder if that's... Take a deep breath. We lose two to one. We lose nine to six. Who cares? Now we got a game on Friday night. Let's let's get back to it. Does you've you've been around Daryl? Does Daryl come in today? Does he even talk about that game? Does he does he just do shrug it off? Do you just go because I'll practice this morning? Do you just start practice and you don't even reference it? I don't know how <laughs> he would. Uh,
1: that's a really good question because I've never. I've never seen I I was sitting there last night I'm like I've never seen a game like this Not in playoffs. the playoffs. No. Yeah. I, I was curious on how he, what he was going to say after the game and obviously he made light of it and I think that was the right move. I'm like hey you you, you got the win. It wasn't a, a beautiful game. He I mean he would have hated that game. I mean when it was 6-6 oh, yeah. I, mean, go, I don't know what would have been going through his head but he would have been steaming.
2: I looked down at 3-1 when McDavid scores one and it's like he was Immediately, like I think, almost pointing at someone like there was someone on the ice that got direct contact and vocal cues from Daryl, he understood what could happen there. You're up 3-0. you play structured and defensively poised. you can put that thing to sleep, but instead, it was track meet time he He was not happy at all. now, listen, there was a lot that happened after that, but you could sense early on he realized that that one McDavid goal, as innocuous as it may have seemed to. People that don't watch these two teams play, that was not a good sign.
0: No, because no. he it, he he was giving someone the gears coming back to the bench after that three one goal, and you saw what he did a week ago in coming back in that series against the Kings. He has that ability. Yes, and they've seen him plenty. Uh man, I forget where I was going to go.
2: Daryl, what are you talking about?
0: Um, uh, yeah, I. I no, it's not, I don't think that was necessarily when I go, let's talk about McDavid because clearly the Flames wanted to go after him. Lucic went after him. That was by design. I. You're not going to pass up a shoulder on him if he's out there, but like, are you kidding me?
1: No. You have I mean, to. The, the whistle went basically right as he hit him. It was yeah. pretty much, I, I didn't even really hear it, but yeah, you got to keep. Obviously he's the, you know, with, you got dry saddle too, but to me dry sidle looks, I mean, he's still dangerous, but he, he can't really move out there. It looks like to me anyways, in a straight line, it looks like he's all right. But moving laterally, I think some sums up with his ankle or foot or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I would try and, you know, you don't want to take penalties, obviously, because the Oilers should have a pretty decent power play they did in the first round. Um, but, yeah, you got to take clean, but mm-hmm. you got to take shots at him when you, when you get a chance, for sure.
2: And, and my, my question is, like, we know the Flames are going to do that. We know that's their game plan. How do the Oilers respond? Because they couldn't do anything to slow it down last night. It didn't get better as they sorted it out. They didn't send messages to say, you can't do that. The Flames were happy with the message. Perfect. Come on over. I'm waiting. That was Lucic's response. So what will the Oilers do about that? Or is it helpless? And it's like, well, I guess our star is just going to get drilled every night here. Ball's in their court now.
1: The Oilers don't have a team. Like, the Flames have a big, tough team. So they can kind of play however you want it. So keep taking shots at uh, at McDavid, and honestly, I don't know what the Oilers Well, and in do fairness, it. I mean, it's I, a lot
0: to ask of Evander Kane and sure. Cassie. And, uh,
1: yeah, I mean. It, I guess not against other teams, but against this team, it I, is. I, like, yeah, I guess against this team, for yeah. sure. Yeah, against other teams, no, it's fine. Like, but, I, think, I think Minnesota, you know, punch your head
2: Calgary are two of the toughest teams in, in, in the West in terms of size, guys that are comfy dropping the mitts, physicality, Depth throughout the lineup of physicality. The others aren't that. They've got two guys that are fighters and are tough. And then after that, I just see mismatches all over. So if you're the Flames, you absolutely want to make this an incredibly physical series because you're better at
0: that. I, Way better at it. I was just thinking of the I point. I, yeah, the point I was gonna make. We've heard from Daryl a lot. Because I'm asking, is he sour? Does he even you know does he rip him? Does he pat him on the back? This is another one of those things, and we've heard him talk about it a lot. This is a young team. This is an inexperienced team in terms of playoffs, getting past, having success, and all of that. And last night would have been part of that. Like, none of these kids were around for a battle of Alberta. They've been told how big a deal this is, and they know what it is to play the Oilers in the regular season and all of that. I just, last night was a learning experience on both sides. Because the Oilers are no different. They got young guys in there. Zach Hyman said, "I'd, I'd take people's word for it, but yeah, okay, let's do this thing. This much like watching Kachuk in round one, I think, is a group feeling that it's now you've won around the expectations it builds, plus it's the Oilers and the crowd. And the hockey world is watching. Yep. For sure. The hockey world is is truly watching now. Did I, you
2: see George Kittle tweeting? Yes. The San Francisco tight end.
0: This game in Canada is going
2: crazy. Yeah, It's on ESPN main network. There's eyes here. And and there might not be a better product to sell on ESPN than that type of game, which is not playoff hockey and which is not likely we're going to see any more of those between now and and the hardware being handed out to whichever club wins. But that's a nice little introduction. If you hadn't seen or heard of Battle of Alberta and you live somewhere in a state where hockey isn't what you played growing up, you're like, oh, I could watch this.
0: Yeah, this was not. One nothing Dallas. No, two nothing with an empty netter from round one. Anyone missing there was an Ottinger? To action, yeah. You, you missed the Otter, Dean. Or are you okay with? No, I'm glad he's. Yeah. That's what I was saying. That kid somewhere, was incredible. Somewhere yeah. Dallas is sitting watching last night, watching Smitty get aerated, and that's, Oh, boy, If we one one goal post away from being there.
1: Yeah, against the Oilers. Needed one more. Now, which team that.
2: in the East can
0: we get to offer sheet Ottinger? Just get him
1: out of the get him out of here. Is right. <laughs> Send him east. Yeah,
0: It's hour two of the program brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, the greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Mike Commodore in with us today. We, uh, hour three, Andy Strickland in St. Louis covers the Blues. They've got a big one against the Avs tonight, but more on game one when we come back. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Boomer in the morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary.
0: It's hour two. Rat. Guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza. It's their rewards program. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. It's what, are, Boomer, what are you it's, and Dumont uh, doing here? Don't think we're not noticing this. This is not me. I have nothing to do with this. I don't know what... Cause I know you're liking it. I've, I got no if, problem with it. I am absolutely enjoying it. People ask me, how come you're not uh, doing the... Uh, the R- Well, my understanding is it's copyrights and you got your Spotify's and then uh, they take stuff down if you put... It's so a simple
2: I, thing where when it goes on the Spotify, we take off two buttons. There's no music playing. Yeah. So then so when I talk. start
0: singing and talking about rat, no one knows That's what i are I'm talking the podcast, about. Nobody yeah. knows a dang thing what we're doing. I about. see. Yeah. Round and round. Mike Commodore with us in studio last night. Nine six. Flames take it in a uh, in a thriller. <laughs> so what? Uh, Laughter. Yeah. Was, <laughs> What have you been doing with yourself? I mean, we're kind of on the outside of the pandemic. I've see, I, it, I just see you on golf yeah, courses. Took long enough. Yeah, I, I see you living the best life still. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would say not much has changed. It's a, a lot good, of golf.
0: It's a good life, right? It's yeah, I can't it's, complain. It's a fantasy camp.
1: Yeah, it's been a fantasy camp. I'd yeah. say not much has changed since about 22 years old. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. I going to um, say, you know, biggest... I try to change, but I just can't. <laughs> You just try to duck and down. dodge
2: gout now. That's the only challenge, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got that. Wow, I had a bad stretch last year. Did you? Ooh, <laughs> about this time. I was in Scottsdale. Big I toe. don't know what it was, but I have never had gout attacks like that. In six the... weeks, yeah, in the big toe. Which one? Uh, right big toe. Makes it tough to drive. Ooh, yeah, couldn't drive. Right, Four to six foot. weeks, I didn't leave my condo.
2: That bad,
1: yeah, off Jeez. and on, yeah. Down when I was down in Scottsdale. I tell you what, that goat—it's no joke. It's people no people joke. laugh at it till you get it. And I it tell people so funny.
0: when you got a bad case of it, even just the bedsheet laying oh, on yeah. your foot—it mm-hmm. is no joke. no good,
1: no good. It no was one. awful. That was a tough little stretch for me last year, but knock on wood, yeah. nothing since.
0: Being moderately unhealthy a, of a, very a clean lifestyle middle-aged sense. male is harder
1: than people think. It's, it's real hard, moderate. especially with all these Flames playoff yeah. games.
0: So now are you, uh, so the summer, are you doing your East Coast golfing? You're going overseas because you uh, and your boys always have the golf trips planned?
1: Yeah, you know what? The, the boys' trips, though, haven't, that's a sad part about COVID. They haven't yeah. restarted. Mm-hmm. You know, when things stop, they can get kind of hard to get restart. So that hasn't happened. So in the meantime, I've been jumping on. Ken Holland, the general manager of the Oilers, so I've been on his golf trips. So this summer, I, I I toned it back. Last summer was crazy because when I came back from Scottsdale at the end of June, I didn't. I wasn't sure if I was going to be coming back here with the quarantines yeah. and all that. So I just said yes to every single member guest I was invited to in the <laughs> states because I'm like, it's going to be 110 degrees here. I didn't going to need to get out of town. So then when I was back here this past summer, it was just constant. I don't know if I've ever been so. Tired is when about last September rolled around.
2: Yeah, I remember talking to you at the tail end or during that Band of Dunes trip. Now people haven't been. I think it's what five and soon to be six golf courses all on the coast yep. of uh, Oregon. Yeah. So like it feels and looks like Pebble Beach, maybe a little cooler. You get crazy wind, all that. Yep. And you guys were playing tips, no gimmies, no carts. Like this was torture, and you and you wheeled off like ten rounds in like six seven days. It was absolutely. Like, if you wanted to ruin your body playing golf, they had the perfect trip
1: designed. <laughs> it was Ken Holland's golf trip. So two man best ball games every day. One ball has to go. in. One ball counts every hole. The ball has to go in the hole. So you know, two footer not good. You know, if you're out of Oof. out of the hole, obviously. Yeah, 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 And he's got the max net quadruple bogey. So usually it's like okay, max double. Can we max just get Max quad. You blow here? up. But yeah, I mean, it's par five. You're grinding for an for an eight. Yeah, yeah. So it. it Pace of play can be an issue. Uh, but yeah, it was...
2: Hitting <laughs> from the tips with no gimmies? It
1: was 10 days, 15 rounds.
2: Oh! it's even Oh,
1: worse. my lips have never been so chapped. I forgot my lip balm. Oh, that's terrible. I, I never used lip balm. About day eight, well, I was like, "Oh my it's god, breezy, it's crazy, Michael! It's crazy out oh.
2: there." He was saying he was on his te- second tub of Vaseline at like day five, oh, trying to make sure just, that everything was
1: okay. Just lubing up, you can't be getting chafing. Well, no, that's, no. that's, that's, that's not when you're walking
0: thirty-six, yeah, like got, you're back at North Dakota all over oh, again. Oh boy, yeah, have it all, was, lots it was of lubrication. Uh, so now. You, of course, played for this Flames team on its memorable run in '04. 4 They beat uh, the Vancouver Canucks in round number one in extra time in seven games. This year, it's extra time, seven games. Uh, what do you remember about, I guess, take us through eight games from 0-4? The, 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 you have the first round against Vancouver, and then you get into round number two, similarly here. What do you recall about that run? What what were your thoughts or feeling about the team's chances after you get by one I, round?
1: I remember we weren't expected to do anything. Everybody was pretty everybody I would say around town, it seemed like hey, hey, we made the playoffs. It, it'd been a while yeah. and everybody was pumped that we made the playoffs. Then we're playing Vancouver. Okay, yeah, you know, and we hang in there, win in overtime, and everybody was pumped. And then I it was kind of like, okay, like hey great job awesome year now you got detroit oh which is just top to bottom with i looked at the roster the other day i mean it is it is it's kind of laughable to be honest when you look at just yeah. just looking at the rosters i mean it is just straight hall of famers against i can help you here no, with that i mean yeah
2: datsuk mm-hmm. hull shanahan Iserman, zetterberg lidstrom holmstrom chelios Matthew Schneider, Ray Whitney, Chris Draper, Maltby, Steve Thomas, Thomas Holmstrom, like Yuri Fisher, this was, Thomas. this was an Stumpy. unbelievable roster with Curtis Joseph and Dominic Hasek in <laughs> I
1: mean, it was, I remember looking at the game sheet for the first team. game and I was like, oh my God. And I remember the first, we won the, we won game one. Two, one. Yes, that's right.
0: How many saves? Was that the oh, like my, Kipper was out of his
1: Kipper was mind. out of his mind. I just remember being out there at Joe Lewis, and it was felt like I was doing pirouettes, <laughs> just trying to fall. I mean, I wanted to hit somebody, <laughs> and I was trying to hit somebody, yeah. and I was trying to, like, get the puck and get it out. And I just remember I felt like I was chasing the puck. And it wasn't just me, but it felt like I was chasing the puck the entire game. And it was like, okay, Datsuk, I mean, I'll go at him, you know, Puts it through my legs or whatever, feeds Hall high slot, one timer. Kipper kicks it out. I remember Kipper being unbelievable and that game was over. I was like, wow, that was a goaltending. I don't know how many saves he had, but
2: it was 28 to 29, but at the other end it was only 18. And we forget how low event those games are when you could just grab a guy in the neutral zone and hang on to him. Yeah. So 29, 28 to 29 with high dangers and the other high side. High danger. Two on
1: eighteen <laughs> for Curtis Joseph. Not good enough. Not good enough. Sorry, Cujo. You allow 18. Yeah, tidy. Oh, well, I mean, we didn't yeah. have the puck. We we did not have the puck. We couldn't get it. Yeah. Marcus Nelson and Rob probably McGuire, had it twice. Scores. So I'm looking Nelson at Nelson and Regier. Yeah. Oh, nice, Reggie. R- so Nelson you were and OT, right? You were
0: 23 right. in that run. I'm mm-hmm. just seeing here 23, 24. So you would have been similarly where some of these guys are. Yeah. First, First playoff, playoff experience. Experience sure. that things get ratcheted up with every game. Yep. Do you? Re- do you remember how was it? Because I think at a certain point, once you start, so game one, two, three, you're just going to get into the mix. It's going to become a little bit more commonplace, almost no matter what you do in life. Do you recall where you started to feel like,
1: okay, we're here. This is this is just the way it's going to be for the next few weeks. Probably, I think we got blown out a bit, or at least for yeah, I was four one like or something like that. We got blown out in the game two, and it was one one. I think like after. For me personally, I think, and, and I would say for the rest of the guys too, maybe not all of them, but for a lot of us, especially the guys who hadn't played many playoff games, I think as soon as we kind of realize, okay, let's stop looking at their roster. And yeah, okay, we know they're good, but we don't need to be yeah. looking at guys like we want their Focus autographs. Focus like the, on the yeah. name
0: bars. Yeah, like, and oh did, my God, did, that's Steve like, I think
1: Don't be asking for his autograph here. Let's do, try and beat him.
2: Red had an anecdote about Daryl basically telling you guys that before the series or early in the series, walking around saying like, "If you guys just want autographs, you can go down the hall." It's like, okay. oh, I think
1: he did say that. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we got over that, now I mean, we, obviously Kipper was the first star of the series, and you know they they did have a great team. But once we got over that and settled in a little bit, then we started playing a little bit better. But yeah, it was. It, it was. I still remember when it when it was over and we won. That was, I, I do remember coming back into the locker or the next day, uh, the next time. And then Daryl had a meeting there, or we had a meeting with all of us. And it was basically, hey, that was when it got serious for us, I would say. Like, well, if you can beat those guys, there isn't anybody left in this playoffs that you can't beat if you can beat these guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's when it got serious was after that. It was like, wow, I mean. Why can, not why us? Why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just beat the best team in the league. Why not? Yeah. And almost.
0: Because I wonder, and I said it uh, earlier in the hour, if that's a little bit of what we saw from both sides. We saw round one, what it was like to get in. Some guys didn't. What we saw with Manjapani had a tough go. Saw his ice time go down, came back, responded. Kachuk, game seven, finally came through. Game one here, right in the thick of it. You you still wonder how some of these guys that are impact players somehow become invisible. It's not a shot against Kachuk, but you see it in... Every team. You'll have a, a key guy, guys right stirring the drink, and then where you've been for two or three games. Uh, Gaudreau obviously comes in last round as the series goes on. I thought Backlund was good. Really good down the stretch. In, when they yeah. put
2: that line with him, Manage and Coleman together, I yeah. felt like that was a sneaky turning point in the series. Yeah.
0: Physical strong making plays more physical than you'd imagine
2: yeah. he could be in a way you think about that heavy hit was it early game seven when was it
0: you yeah. leveled someone to set the tone you're like oh yeah and they scored right after that's still, it was game seven that's right yeah but I, you wouldn't expect uh Backlund. and i just because re- i look at i'm looking at the flames roster from 04, and it's some younger guys but les Darrell says if you're going to go any any amount of distance in a playoffs, so you need a full team effort and we're starting to see that now as guys have chipped in along the way, and I do think this this series will will settle down based on what we saw last night. But uh, looking at the team right now, is there anyone that uh, you're impressed with? Obviously, you look at the top line; you have Lindholm, yeah, or, or, or beyond that, I guess. Is there yeah. something
1: like other than the obvious? I mean, I, I will say I've been impressed with Johnny. Yeah, you know, a couple. You know, maybe not the greatest start to the Dallas series, but. You no, know, that was always that's always been the question mark with him. Here is like, oh, you know, where's Johnny come playoff time? And I've been impressed with him. He's played. I, I give him full marks, and he looks like even if he's not scoring, it's you know he's doing his thing that he does in the regular season. Why he's so good? Where he's he's attacking and he's turning back, and you know, whereas before, I remember that Colorado series because I was at all the games that were here, mm-hmm. you know, it was like anybody got within 10 feet of him, it was just flip it to the middle and hope, and hope yeah, for the yeah. best, where now he's holding on to the puck, and he's, and that's what makes him a great, great player. So I've been happy with him, but uh, as far as, I really like that Coleman. I uh, I think he's he does everything well, and you know the moment's not going to be too big. I mean, even even him last night, you know, he never, I mean, he's coming off, whatever, two cups, or so yeah, it's yeah. not like he doesn't know, you know, he knows what the playoffs are all about, but. I think like we touched on earlier, I think a lot of it last night would have been, you know, it's been, it's what everybody was hoping for was a battle of Alberta. It's been a long time. And hey, even these guys can get a little little off and a little nervous and you really want to play well and you know it's a big game and everybody's watching and it can be a little overwhelming. And I think that had a little bit to do with the turnovers yeah. last night I thought
2: Coleman got better as that series went on against Dallas yeah. and there's just a comfortability in that tight low scoring that was Dallas and then last night when they were up he was still laying the body like guys this is our chance to really hurt these guys like I you can see why he's had the success he's had why Tampa coveted him why Tre living says yes we're going to give you six years even though we know you're going to be long in the tooth when this thing runs off the clock that that's a piece that played on a third line in Tampa and a third line for a while, but now that second line, they're they're humming. Like, back then, Manjapani Coleman, that's a big get. We had so many questions about lines two and three. It all seems to fit now.
0: The thing that you guys ran into in 04, obviously, was injuries on the blue line. Oof. They Now, you, you missed Tanev. You haven't missed Tanev. He's been in every game up until now as a Calgary Flame, and you get used to... You take it for granted a little bit. In comes Michael Stone. I guess just thoughts on how big a hole that is for Tanev you can you can move guys around and give give him the tanev minutes and power penalty kill that that whole thing but how difficult is that for a michael stone or whomever it's going to be to just slot in there
1: i give michael stone full credit me being completely honest i didn't even know he was still on the hockey team like been uh, a
0: PTO
2: guy who's right, like, I was right. like, and yeah. so I looked it up and I'm he played like, last
1: year, 80 games or something over the last like three, four years, less yeah. than 80 over the last four years, less than 80 over the last four years. That's look, I know you're in the NHL and you're making a good paycheck, you're in the best league in the world, but I tell you what, when you, I mean, in the back of your mind, you should you always think you should be playing, and when you're not, especially for an extended period of time like that, that. It's hard unless you, it's hard to describe it unless you go through it, like because I did that at the end of my career, mm-hmm. where it sucks, like going to the rink every day, knowing that you probably aren't going to be playing, and you, you know you got to do the extra skates all the time, you got to do all the extra workouts all the time. and you know, like playing the games is the reward, and you're not going you're not getting rewarded very often. So you know what? I give him full marks because I think he's been playing great. I mean, shooting the puck and he's trying to play physical and yeah, that is an incredibly, incredibly hard thing to do. And I give him full marks for sticking with it. And now he's getting rewarded and he's taken advantage of it so far. So I think that I'm proud of him. That's great.
2: We talked about it earlier with some other guests, but, as as challenging physically as it is to be ready when you have gone months between games. He went through his game log this mm -hmm. year. It's like a couple in the fall, one off here, three months off, now play six in a row. Then he comes in as a seventh defenseman, small minutes, both sides of special teams. Now it's big minutes because Tanev can't go. What you're saying lines up with what we were talking (laughs) about, which is, Physically, that's got to be tough, but mentally might be the more impressive feat, to your point, because most guys wouldn't hang for three years in that kind of a role. it would eat them, and they'd say, I'm just done. Like, Curtis Glencross had some hockey left, we believe. He wasn't going to go two years showing up to the rink and not playing. Bleep that, right?
1: Yeah, mentally. Like, most
2: guys can't do what Stone is doing. Like, the vast majority.
1: The vast majority of guys can't do that. It's extremely hard. Between the years is way harder than the physical part. Like, it's not easy going to... You know, oh, I got another bag skate, and I got to stay here late again and do another workout, and and whatever. The, the physical part is hard to do, but the mental between the ears is is it's really hard. Because at the end of the day, you you think you should be playing, and you you mentally you want to try. And uh, I got to keep myself ready. I got to keep myself ready. I got to keep But it's it's it eats at you for sure. So yeah, good good for him. But like he, you know. He, like Daryl says, I mean, it is a full team effort. You never, I mean, it's been pretty well documented, but, you know, back in '04, we had we had Brennan Evans. Yeah, yeah. Five Brennan Evans, Evans, we had to call him. He was sitting up in cameras. He hadn't even put his gear on for like, I don't know how long it would have been. Shout out to Brennan if he's listening. Hey, Brennan. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was he was at home, and those ended up being, you know, his only two NHL games were games three and four against the Detroit Red Wings. yeah. Now, off the glass, Brennan. Now, I'm looking for,
0: you played 12 regular season games. Do you remember when, do those come at the end of the year going into the playoffs, or when did you get your time in before? Uh,
1: I got a f- couple in, I want to say I got maybe two or th- three in, something like that, right around the All-Star break, because uh, th- I think the Flames were struggling, and I think Daryl was kind of using, the uh, decor might have been struggling a little yeah. bit, and so I think Daryl called me up. I think to like kind of midway. I ended up going on a stretch right around the All Star break where I ended up missing the a- the American League All Star break because I got called up. I think I played a game or whatever, and then it was coming up before the roster freeze for the NHL All Star break, so they could save a little bit of money. They sent me back down, so I ended up playing like whatever. It ended up being in a ten day st- or ten. I think it was ten day stretch. I think I played seven or eight games in ten days. And I was, I mean, I was traveling to Boston. I mean, the farm team was in Lowell. The farm team wasn't in Red Deer. It was in Lowell. So it was traveling back and forth. And I do remember I came back, I was back in the lineup right away. And we played against Atlanta and Ronald. I I don't know if I've ever been so mad in my life. Ronald Petrovic, I mean, I was exhausted. Ronald Petrovic ran me from behind and clipped me. And uh, I, I separated my shoulder. So then I was six weeks out, and then that was just kind of perfect timing to come back and play a few games before the playoffs started.
2: Nine D-men they used. Brennan was number nine. Yeah. Their nine's a lot better than Brennan was. No shot at him, but you just – I think we've heard Sutter, we've heard this organization, lots of other GMs and coaches talk about how many D you need. You cannot have enough step in and play third
0: pair minutes guys. You can't have too many. That's, uh, that's the hour. Hour two is flying by already. Brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and the greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. We break here. We'll come back. Uh, games continue tonight. The St. Louis Blues looked like they were maybe going to be able to yeah, chip away, get a one-game-to-none lead against the Colorado Avalanche, but a, uh, an overtime that really didn't go their way. They were outshot 13 nothing in overtime, and then finally yeah. it was. So Colorado looking to take a 2 nothing series lead. Andy Strickland covers the Blues. He's on the radio. He's on the internet. He's on our uh, radio when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan.